0: We are getting towards the end of our Missional Life series, and as Rachel said, we have the lovely Grace Tween with us. Um, it was quite interesting because, uh, as one or two people have said, oh, who's speaking today? Uh, and I said, oh, it's Grace Tween. The excitement and the and the enthusiasm uh, w- was brilliant. I wish I could have videoed it for you. Uh, so... Uh, Grace is bringing us a word about the practical parts of evangelism. What we said to Grace was, look, uh, you might remember Grace. Do you remember she came uh, not too long ago and it was Nigel Tween, her dad, who was speaking. But Grace came and spoke as well. And when we were planning this series and thinking, actually, we want to not just talk to you from inside Junction 10, but we want to get someone from outside Junction 10 who can bring... Uh, Some thoughts, some stories, some testimonies, some words to encourage and inspire us. Then Grace was someone who who naturally sprang to mind. So Grace is going to speak to us. Um, Next week, it's Kevin. He'll be wrapping the series up, but the series doesn't end there. As Rachel said, we've got a bit of a Father's Day thing going on. That's a practice at being able to invite people. Um, But then we're running the Alpha course in September. So by next week, we hope to have posters and invitations so that over the summer although we'll be finishing our missional life evangelism series over the summer we'll keep reminding you that hopefully you've got your prayer cards everybody got the prayer cards excellent i've been rubbish at praying for my people and inviting people i hope you've done better than me but we've still got between now and september to do that if you haven't got your prayer cards please take one from the desk as you go but that's enough from us now over to Grace. Let, let's welcome Grace.
1: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Are you all right? It's wonderful to be with you guys this morning. Um, uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is Grace Tween. I'm 24. I'm getting married this year in October, which is really exciting. My fiance, Nath, is with me this morning. Uh, We're getting married in uh, October this year, so we're kind of busy planning, or should I say I am busy planning. Um, Although, let me say that um, on Friday just gone, I had a bit of a meltdown in the kitchen. I said, Nath, you just need to help me with something. Can you come along to uh, this appointment? That I've got this afternoon and he said, you know, quite eagerly, yeah, of course, of course, babe, I'll come, you know, whatever, I'll come, I'll help you. I said, it's the flowers. He went, oh, okay, I'll come, I'll come. So he sat there patiently with me picking out some flowers. Um, so good on him. But he's with me this morning, which is wonderful. But um I came. Uh, I think it was in September uh, last year with my dad, and uh, and we had just such a wonderful time together. I was telling Nathan a little bit about it on the way over here this morning, and so it's just a joy to be with you guys this morning. As soon as Vicky um, rang me up, I think I think it was Vicky rang me up um, a couple of months ago and said, "Would you would you come and share?" I just you know sometimes I go, "I oh, just have to think about it," you know, but depending on where it is. But I just as soon as it was, I just said, "Yeah, I'd love to." I'd love to come, I'd love to come and speak, I'd love to come and talk on evangelism, which is something that I'm so passionate about. For those of you who haven't actually met me before, maybe weren't here in September, I work for an organisation called Youth for Christ, which works with about 250,000 young people every single month right across the UK. So wow, Um, it's amazing, we want to tell young people about Jesus wherever we're at. And we have over 70 local centres, local communities that work with young people in their area and everyone looks very, very different. So a lot of my time, I go and speak to those young people who we're reaching right across the UK for Jesus and I go and introduce them to him. To him, um, Many people, many young people anyway, uh, might think that he's a curse word or a religious figure, uh, someone who uh, had long hair and sandals, do you know what I mean? But I go and say that he is the life, he's the truth and he set me free and he can do exactly the same for you. The other part of my job, I train and Equip young people to go and share their faith uh, wherever they're at. So whether that's their school or their college or their university. So that's kind of what my job looks like. Um, but before we just um, go any further, I'm gonna—I wasn't planning to do this. Um, but what is your name, sir? Lulu. Pardon? Lulu. Lulu. Can you just come up for a second? Because I'd love to pray for you. I think this man—I was just—I was just sitting on the end of my seat. He has anointing right on his life. An unbelievable anointing. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit kind of gives me a quiver in my liver sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I can choose to ignore it or not. And I felt like he said, actually, we need to pray for you, that God would just release this anointing on you. So can we have a couple of the leaders come and pray as well? Um, as I pray. Could you guys stand with us? Is that okay? I know I don't normally do this. This is a bit funny, a bit strange, but I just felt in my, in my spirit, like God was saying that he's going to use you for more than you could dream or imagine, that he's seen your heart behind the, behind the scenes. He seen what your life looks like behind the scenes, and he wants to show that heart in a public way, that he wants to use your use your life, use your gift that he's given you, and that actually when there's been a little bit of disappointment in the past, but actually he's seen that. He's seen how you've dealt with that and he wants to use you for his glory can we pray for you is that great okay lulu yeah Father God, I thank you for Lulu, I thank you for who he is, I thank you for how you've created him and the gift that you've used in him. Lord, I thank you so much for how he just led us so beautifully into a a heavenly place this morning, and God, I pray that he'd be encouraged, I pray, God, that he'd be blessed, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you would release this gift in, God, release it to nations, not just here, and God, I pray that you'd go before him, but this gift, God, that you want to utilize in more ways than he can ever dream or imagine. God, I pray you give him the faith to believe in it and the people around him to see it through and support him. God, I thank you for who he is. I thank you for this gifting and I pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to use him in mighty ways. In Jesus' name, the Father, the Son and the Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks guys. (laughs) Um. I want to talk to you guys today um, about evangelism, about practical evangelism. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about. My actual title, which I don't go around saying very much, and you'll see why, is National Evangelist of Youth for Christ, you know? as like it's all down to me. And uh, anyway, so I I kind of went for this job, but before I did that, I was working with Youth for Christ for three years, and I was working as a street dancer. Uh, It's amazing how cool you can look with a cap and, you know, like a shirt around your waist. And I was working in schools right across Britain, seeing about 70,000 young people in three years taking teams to tell young people, mainly in high schools about Jesus and about how we loved him and how we were actually dancing for him and that was the real reason why we were doing what we were doing and um, and so it was an incredible time. And then I kind of transitioned, and because that took me away a lot. And, and me and Nathan were talking about settling down and getting married. And I said, actually, that kind of lifestyle for me probably won't fit our marriage. You know, it might fit Nathan's, uh, but just a wife at the weekends. But I kind of felt like, actually, that might not work for me. So um, I stopped that, and I went into this new role as national evangelist. And I read the job description, and it brought me to life. As you can probably tell, it doesn't take much to bring me to life, but it really did. It brought me to life, and I just so excited by what it kind of involved, which was telling people about Jesus. It was equipping the next generation to tell their friends about him. And, uh, and then I looked at the job title, and it absolutely flipping terrified me. National Evangelist of Youth for Christ. And I felt like I wanted to run a million miles the other way, but there was something about it that actually just ignited my spirit. And I thought, I just can't turn this down. But what came out of that kind of almost moment and that situation of looking at that title came the realization that the word evangelist or the word evangelism is, is quite scary for some people really scary and uh and so what I want to do just to start with is I want you to turn to the person next to you in just a moment pick your side now and uh I want you just to just to think about the first word or the first phrase that comes to mind when you think of the word evangelist or evangelism. Now listen, especially the younger guys here, I've heard it all, all right? Bible basher, you know the lot. So just be real honest. I just want an honest conversation to start off. I know this might not feel comfortable to you guys. I know you might not have done this before. But I just want to start a conversation going. And uh, all I want you to do is turn to the person next to you and tell them what is the first word or phrase that comes to mind when you think of the word evangelist. And then we'll come back in. 30 seconds, no longer. Go. Go. Okay, Um, I did, I I, I kind of, as as I've been going around the country, um, speaking to young people, I speak to Christians and non-Christians alike, and I I kind of, I've I've been doing this for the last, like, nine months everywhere I've gone, um, just to kind of see what the the feelers are. And maybe some of these words came to mind, even if you didn't say them. Uh, but these are actual words that I've been told by young people uh, right across Britain that, that when they think of the word evangelist slash evangelism, this is what comes to mind, right? Boring, scary, odd bods, it's my favourite. Arena and stadium preachers, Bible bashers, disciples, street preachers, <laughs> turn or burn, it's nice, isn't it? Wonderful. No idea, and finally, Christians. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can relate to some of those things. And actually, someone recently asked me, as I was speaking um, at an event down south, um, just before I was about to speak, you know, sometimes people kind of uh, come and ask you maybe a few questions. Let's, like, interview the speaker, you know. It's really helpful when they don't tell you what they're going to ask you, you know. And I was standing up there, and they started asking me a few questions. And they said, um, so, in like a sentence, what is evangelism to you? I could have been prepped for this. You know, that would have helped me. And uh, and I can't remember, I rambled on for about five minutes. I didn't give him a sentence, as you can probably gather. I gave him a whole, like, you know, I basically gave my talk very, very briefly in in the answer. But actually, as I came away from that, I thought, if I could could put it into a phrase or a sentence, what would it be? What is evangelism to me? And uh, I don't know about you, but for me... I would say that evangelism is putting God on display in my everyday. And that's what I use now. That that kind of sentence, that phrase, putting God on display in my everyday. But my challenge hasn't been um, kind of my lack of passion. I come from a performing arts background, you know what I mean? I love the jazz hands. I'm, I'm really up for having a good time, I'm really up for speaking passionately. Actually, the problem for me has been, how can God use me? How can God use me? I'm—I I don't have any qualifications in speaking. I'm only 24. I started speaking when I was 19. Um, there's not many young female evangelists in my world. It's mostly men. I'm a, I'm a female, I, I'm really young, I, I don't really have any qualifications, do you know what I mean? I did quite well at my GCSEs, but I'm very practical. I can, I can sing and dance and act relatively okay, but that's about it, God. How can you use me? And when I got this job, all of those thoughts started coming through my mind. And I wonder if you can relate. As I'm talking about, I've like, said, yeah, but you don't know me. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know what my Monday morning looks like. You don't know what my week looks like. You don't, you don't actually, you don't know all of my flaws and all of my insecurities. But I'm here to tell you today that God can use you. And he chooses, he really chooses to use you. And I've been going on a conversation Going kind of through a conversation, I think I shared, I was kind of in the middle of that conversation when I was last here with God about how can He use me? And God, I just, you know, I want to affect this nation, I want to affect my friends for Jesus, but how can you use me? And we kind of went through um, the Bible and some of the Bible characters, and and I'm just going to unpack that a little bit today with you guys. Because as I started to look at some of these characters in the Bible, I realized that they were people. Isn't it interesting how we use that word character all the time? That actually people just like you and me. And we see their full story. We see their overall picture. But actually at the, that, that certain moments in their lives, they don't see what the future looks like. They see what their life looks like at that moment. I'm going to kind of just share with you a few characters slash people in the Bible that have really just kind of stirred me that if God can use them, he can use us too. Because it says this, that Peter denied Jesus, Jonah ran away, Noah was a drunk, Esther was terrified, David committed murder and adultery, Thomas doubted, Mary was accused of being a prostitute, Moses said, I'm not good enough, not once but four times to God. The disciples argued, Saul persecuted the church, and my name is Grace, and I was terrified of getting it wrong. Terrified of getting it wrong. But we can feel at home in the Bible, because like them, none of us are perfect, and we never will be. But like them, we are loved, we are chosen, and we're called to bear fruit. We are called to make a difference wherever we are, and whatever that looks like. About um, four years ago, uh, I was at a school in Bournemouth um, working with Stamps, which is the street dance crew that I was uh, leading at the time. And we went into this school, and uh, at the end of the week, we all often put on events. So we would um, go in and kind of do a couple of street dance performances, and then we'd share kind of the gospel in about five minutes and, and ask if anyone wanted to respond, you know. And uh, often you'd kind of get the year 11's evils, do you know what I mean, in the, in the audience. That's what I was kind of So your smiling faces are a real warm welcome to me this morning, but that's what I kind of was used to at that time. And so I was standing, it was the end of the week, and uh, I'm just going to be real honest for a minute, I was absolutely exhausted, you know, we do like six lessons a day, you know, and uh, for some reason, we always get the same, you know, lasagna or chili, lasagna or chili, lasagna or chili, and I was kind of fed up of lasagna and chili, lasagna (laughs) and chili, and so I was kind of getting to the end of the week, and I just thought, guys, I just want to, I just want to go, as soon as this is over, this event, let's all get in the van, you know, you know what to do, the smiling faces, thanks very much, and then, you know, you leave. Uh, and so anyway, we're kind of halfway through um, this event and the door swings open. Bang. And in walks um, this real beefy year 11 lad. And he gives me evil straight away. I mean, he doesn't even give me a break. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't even sit down. He gives me evil straight away. And uh, he walks right to the back, right to the back of the hall, sits on his chair and skids it and I think, ah, you're here, (laughs) that's wonderful, (laughs) welcome. Anyway, I kind of, I finish, I finish the talk, and uh, he's still giving me, you know, that evil glare from the back, and um, just as I'm finishing, I really feel like I've got a quiver in my liver again, you know, the Holy Spirit just speaking to me, and saying, you need to go and speak to that lad, and I'm like, Please, you know, like normally I'd say yes, but right now I'm so tired. I'm sick of the lasagna and chili. Do you know what I mean? I just want to get on the road. I want to go and have a nice meal. I want to have some donuts. Like that's where I'm at right now. And uh and so walking off the stage and I just can't shake it. You know, and you just can't it's like a repeat in my mind and I just feel like oh I'm just not going to be able to leave. So I, I walk to the back and I think, Lord, no, thank you for picking the, the most easy person to speak to in the room. So anyway, I walk to the back and um, we get chatting and his name is Archie and he's a um, year 11 lad, he's head boy. And um, he, he kind of uh, started to tell me how he thought that God was beep, beep, beep and that everything that I'd said, he didn't agree with. And for so the next hour <laughs> I'm not even joking the next hour he told me why um every reason under the sun almost why he disproved God existed and by the end of it you know and you're like oh, I had not even thought of half of those things <laughs> now I'm struggling you know and uh and he was like a real like science kind of guru he just knew everything about and I thought Lord Allah, I've got a a diploma in dance like you need to speak through me now because I unless I can do something interpretive it's not going to happen and so um and so anyway we were kind of having a chat and, and speaking and it got to the end of it and I, I just really felt like God gave me a word of knowledge and it was really specific I don't often get really specific words of knowledge but this is when just God just kind of planted a thought or a, it's not an audible voice for me necessarily but just a thought in my mind that I can't get rid of and um, I can't shake. And, and this is how the thought went. At the age of seven, Archie's dad walked out on him. And um, he can't relate to me as a father figure because all he's ever known as a father is someone who's rejected him, abandoned him. And there's so much pain and hurt there that he just can't get past that. But he needs to know my personal God. that I saw him at the age of seven and I see him now. Wow. Bournemouth, old school hall. I need donuts. I'm at the back of the hall speaking to this lad who, for an hour, has just told me every reason under the sun why God doesn't exist. I have this thought and I'm thinking, God, if I get this wrong, this could confirm everything <laughs> that he has just said. And I look like a nutter, you know? I'm not really cool with that, but I just couldn't shake it. I felt like we'd got kind of a good relationship going. I said, Archie. Mate, I've heard every reason under the sun why you don't think God exists and to be frank, I'm pretty much with you right now, (laughs) like I'm kind of getting there. However, I actually feel like the God that you don't believe in actually doesn't exist. I believe in a God that loves you and cares for you and wants to speak to you and have a personal relationship with you. So I feel like God's just spoken to me really clearly about you. I don't know anything about your life, this could be really wrong and I'm I'm so sorry if it is, but would it be okay if I shared it with you? You know, always make sure first. Would it be okay? He said, yeah, man, just go for it. And I told him exactly what I've just told you. And in a hall in the middle of Bournemouth, on a Friday afternoon, tears started streaming down his face as he encountered the God that I was talking about. He said, how do you know that? How do you know that? I said, I don't. I said, my God knows. This God that you don't believe in, He knows. And He's a personal God and He cares about you. He cares about you right now. He cares about where you're at. One moment, one choice. Archie went on to pray the prayer and said, Yes to Jesus you see, when I see stuff like that, it gives me faith for more, you know? It gives me faith for more. And please don't get me wrong. There have been times when I've stepped out and, boy, it's gone wrong. You know, it's gone wrong. And that is totally okay because failure isn't fatal. But the more that we step out, the more that we say yes to God, the more that we say, yes, okay, I'm going to risk this for you, God. I'm going to put myself on the line for you. I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that he'll honor that. And that he'll bless you in every situation that you come into where you encounter him. But it's hard to step out, isn't it? It's hard to do that. It's hard to share our faith. In Acts 4, the apostles were told by the government of the day, you are no longer able to share your faith. You're no longer able to talk about this Jesus. You're no longer able to heal the sick or speak about him or ask people to come to know him. That's in Acts 4. Now, I know that our culture looks super different today, but you are encouraged to keep your mouth shut, to not talk about your faith, to keep your faith hidden. To not speak about it with a colleague, you know, because of what the risks are. That's what we're encouraged to do. And so I know that... Today's culture looks super different from then, but I do think the struggles are sometimes the same and the pressures can be the same. But I want to encourage you today to step out and to be bold. I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them about a time where you've been bold and you've stepped out. It can be about faith. It can be in a faith kind of perspective, but maybe it's something else. Um, Nathan loves rock climbing, okay? I don't. I don't condone it. Um, He likes kind of free, is it free climbing when you don't do it with ropes? Yeah, that's a little bit more scary. Is there a time where you've stepped out, you took a risk, you've been bold, okay? In a faith context or not, turn to the person next to you and tell them when it was and how it made you feel. 30 seconds. Okay, is there anyone who feels brave enough to share, to shout it out? Yeah, take your Chewy out, go for it. (laughs) Come on. Wow, yes, yeah. Come on, audience of one, yeah, amazing, wow. yeah, 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 wow, amazing, come on, let's encourage, that's amazing, thank you for sharing, anyone else, yeah, go for it, stand up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah so it's a dangerous prayer isn't it that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he does yeah yeah it's a fear yeah, yeah, I hear you, totally. It's amazing. Yes. Great, brilliant. Come on, that's brilliant. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, Let's be bold. And, you know, what you've both highlighted is that kind of without God you don't feel... Like you can do it, you know, and I think every one of us feels like that in here. And the biggest thing to say is that even amidst those, those both of those kind of um, things that you were sharing on, what I love is the fact that you said, you know, when God is with you, you know, you feel that like you can. However, it doesn't always mean that your feelings are different, you know. <laughs> like it, it doesn't stay be still and feel that I'm God. It says be still and know. And um, and so just from those two kind of moments of just trusting in God and knowing that he's there even when we don't always feel it is something that I have, um, it's been a real great comfort to me actually and it kind of uh, leads really nicely into what I'm about to say. In Acts 1 verses 8 which is a super well-known verse, it says this, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. I want to look in Psalm 103 now at some of the characteristics of God. I'm going to read from about verses 6. You guys can listen or read whatever you feel is easiest. Psalm 103, it says this. God is sheer mercy and grace. He's not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love to those who fear him. And as far as sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. Wow. I'm going to read that again and just this time just let it soak over you. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that personally knows you, that loves you, that has chosen you and has called you to bear fruit. God is sheer mercy and grace. He's not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold nor hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. And as high as heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love to those who fear him. And as far as sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. These are some of the characteristics of God and it's kind of splashed all over the Bible, all over the holy book. Um, the characteristics of God. And actually, sometimes I think we overcomplicate evangelism. I think we really overcomplicate the gospel. I think God just wants us to love people, to be kind to people, to share with people, to care for people, you know, to walk the walk with people. Do you know that it's harder for me to stand on a, uh, sorry, it's harder for me to speak to my friend who's struggling with depression, who doesn't yet know Jesus, than it is for me to stand here in front of you. That's harder for me. It's way harder. But if I don't do that, I don't think that I'm authentic enough to be able to stand in front of you telling you what I think you should do. Because if I'm not living it out, I'm not doing it, and I don't have the right to say to you what I think that you should be doing. But it's hard work, isn't it? Five and a half years I've been praying for my best friend, Lottie. Five and a half. Be aware of it, get emotional. It's just Jesus, but he's doing a work in her life right now and it's flipping fab, right? But five and a half flipping years I've been praying for this girl. A month ago, I felt God say to me, how much do you want it? Broke me. Absolutely broke me. Within the month, within the month, she came to church. She's got filled by the Holy Spirit. She's doing alpha. Five and a half years She doesn't, isn't it amazing? Yeah, come on. It's phenomenal. But, it's a big but. It's been really hard at times. I'm going around the country speaking to young people about Jesus. I'm saying at the end of the night, if you want to know him, put your hand in the air like you just don't care. And let's pray. And let's pray that you'll have an amazing relationship with Jesus. And let's get you in touch with a church like Junction 10 who can love you and care for you and walk with you through this journey. I see that all over the UK. Week in, week out, I'm talking to my best friend who still doesn't know Jesus yet. So I understand. What I'm saying is I get it. I understand what it's like to live it out and not actually always see results immediately. Yeah? But we're called to love. We're called to care for people. You know, um, my dad often says, you know, you've got a car? He says, you've got, you've got a car? And you know a single parent down the road who's struggling, who doesn't have a car, and you could take them out this summer, you know, to the local park and just bless them? You like baking cakes? I love cake. I don't like baking, so it's the reverse for me. But uh, you like baking you, you, you can't tell me that, you, you know, you know someone down the street has been made redundant and you can't bake a few cakes and put them in a tin and wrap a nice bow around and say, listen, we're from Junction 10, the local church. If you ever need us, we're here. Don't overcomplicate the gospel. Let's not overcomplicate it. God is love. God is kindness. And we need to see opportunities wherever we go. I went into a petrol station. I'm really sorry. I'm aware of time. It's fine. Five minutes. I went to a petrol station just um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh from my liver again. Uh, I walk in and uh, I just feel like saying to the guy, how's your day? You know, just smiling. How's your day? And he said, oh, it's um, beep, beep, beep. I thought, oh, I didn't expect that. I said, oh, uh, Eva, take my petrol and leave or sorry diesel diesel and we always have this conversation <laughs> it's definitely diesel diesel and leave um and and uh, or i say to him why and i just thought do i want to carry on this conversation so i just said mate i'm really sorry why is that and he was like oh, just you know i'm 37 and i'm working at this petrol station and i don't this is not i don't want this to be my life Dude, I just asked you how you were. You know what I mean? Like, I just saw a diesel and uh, diesel and left. Anyway, we kind of unpacked this conversation, and um, there was a queue forming, which was quite awkward. I just said, um, "What's your dream job?" It's like I want to be a mechanic, and I just, but I just don't. I don't. I don't feel like I'm brave enough. You didn't use that word. <laughs> I don't feel like I can go back to college and study. And I said, "I do. If that's what you want to do. Go for it." Just before I left, I said, I'm a Christian. I'm from the local church. I'm going to pray for you this week. I'm really sorry you've had a bad day. But if you ever want to come into a place where you feel safe and can feel supported, then just hop along to our church. I've never seen him again. But I don't know what that moment looks like for him in his life. And sometimes I think... And please don't get me wrong, I love seeing people come to know Jesus. Do you know what I mean? I'm an evangelist, for goodness sake. Of course I do. It's in my my gift set. I love communicating the gospel to people and telling them about who he is and what he's done for me. But sometimes we just need to get a person from a one to a two, not a one to a ten. And sometimes it's just a moment. Sometimes it's just a smile. Sometimes it's just saying, I'm from a local church. If you ever need anything, we're there. It's not always going from a one to a ten. Now, with people like Lottie in my life, I want that to be. I want to go on the fullness of the journey with them. You know what I mean? But you can't always do it. It doesn't always look like that. And we need to get away from overcomplicating what evangelism looks like. It's actually just loving. It's caring. It's living out our faith and putting God on display in our everyday, even at the petrol station, you know? How can we practically love someone this week? Let's not just leave it there and think, oh, that sounded nice. Let's put that into practice. What are you going to do this week? What can you do this week? Maybe you know someone who's struggling or maybe you know someone who's going through a great time. You know, we're a culture of jealousy, are we not? You know, sometimes someone who's just got a promotion at work, you know, and what does it look like to just go up to them and say, I'm so pleased for you. I'd love to grab a coffee and you just tell me what your new job looks like. Do you know what I mean? And believe me, it's hard when that kind of thing is not happening for you, isn't it? It causes us to step out. But maybe it's someone that is either really struggling or really going for it. But how can we show love to them this week? How can we actively show love? Text them. Take them out for a coffee. And do you know what? I said to Lottie, you know, what is it, what's made you come to Alpha and the church? I'm like, what's going on? You know? Because for years I've been praying for you, mate. Like, years. You know, she knows that. She said, Grace, it's just your consistency as a friend. I was like, what? Like mate, I gave you some good verses. Do you know what I mean? Like I spoke to you in detail about theology. Like please give me something. It was like sh- the reality is you're just the only people that I, one of the only people that I can trust in my life. And it is an our ah moment, but it's also flipping heck. It's not complicated, is it? It's essentially what she was saying is look, you've been my friend, and you've walked it, and I've understood that you've got something that I don't have, and I want it, and so I want to see what that is. Let's not overcomplicate the gospel. I'm coming in to learn. I'm sorry I went off on a bit of a tangent there. I felt like it was right to say, and I hope you've got something out of it. Um I want to tell you that you are the answer in your world. You're the answer in your family. I feel like I feel like there's some people in here who've given up on thinking that their family's gonna come to know Jesus. I don't know who you are, maybe not, no one, maybe all of you just got faith of the heavens, do you know what I mean, give me some, but I just feel like there might be a couple of people in here that are just like, oh, I've prayed for them, I've tried it, it's just not going to work, maybe you haven't verbalised it in that way, but your faith is just, just sinking, you know, I feel like God wants to say to you this morning, how bad do you want it, how much are you going to pray for them, how, how are you going to commit to praying for them, It's about praying and caring and sharing. That's what it's about. Starts with prayer. Definitely starts with prayer. Then go ahead and continue to care. Show love on a daily basis. And share your faith in any opportunities that you get. I just want to, for those people who who maybe just think, it's just not going to happen. I just want to say God wants to give you faith this morning that it will. Hold on to the promises that you've been given. Okay, let's finish. Um, I just want to finish by speaking, saying a quote to you guys. I hope that's okay. It says this. Um, to put it bluntly, church attendance sometimes doesn't seem to make any great difference to people's lives. If going to church and calling myself a Christian makes almost no discernible difference to the way I live my life, I spend my money, or I use my time, then it's not surprising if my friends who are not Christians are not interested in finding out any more about it. Do you know I was terrified to step out? Terrified to step out with Archie, with Lottie. But don't let your questions keep you from making a decision. Because the bigger question for me was, What if I don't? Realize that God doesn't need to use you, He chooses to. He chooses to use you. Do you know that most people aren't interested in God until they meet you? Most people aren't interested in God until they meet you. Maybe we're just a jigsaw piece. In a much bigger puzzle, sometimes we don't see the finished article or the outcome. But let us be bold, be love, and be chilled. Because G- Peter, sorry, was the first church planter. Jonah, he carried the message of God to a nation. Noah. Had faith to build a ship in the middle of dry land. Esther was obedient to the calling of the Lord. David wrote psalms, songs to the Lord that have inspired generations of worshippers. Thomas, he was the first person to say, my Lord. And what do we focus on? The doubter. Mary was the first person to see the resurrected Jesus and tell her friends he was alive. Moses parted the Red Sea. The disciples gave up everything to follow him. And well, Paul, he wrote nearly half of the New Testament. And my name is Grace, and I stepped out for Jesus. Will you stand with me? Should we just bow our heads and just get a bit of focus? I don't know what your Monday morning looks like, but God does. I don't know what your personal life looks like, but God does. He is a personal God. And just like those people that I mentioned at the start of my talk today, like them, none of us are perfect, but we are loved. We're chosen and we're called to bear fruit. We're called to make a difference in our world. And God wants to say, if anything, this morning, that you are his answer to this world, to the world that you're in. So I'm going to pray in just a moment. And if anybody feels like they just just need a fresh touch of the Spirit in order to step out, because it says... When, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. It starts with that. Then I'd love to pray for you guys, that you just receive his spirit and have the boldness to step out, have his love to share and realize that you're the answer. If you could say something against your name, what would it be? My name was, my, my sentence was, my name is Grace and I'm terrified of getting it wrong. What's your line? As you think that, I want you to just to give it over to God. And replace it with what he says about you. You have purpose. You are chosen. You're unique. I've put you there for a reason, whatever it is. Speak that over yourself. And understand that it's truth, because the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for every single person in this place. And Lord, I pray for anyone right now that just needs a fresh touch of your spirit. Maybe hold your hands out in front of you as just a sign to say, God, I just want to receive. I just want to receive your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would come, that your Holy Spirit would fall, and that we would feel you tangibly in this place. Lord, I thank you that you never leave us alone, that you are always with us, always with us. I pray in Jesus' name that you would give each of my friends here power to be influencers in their workplace, influencers, if they're teachers or uh, communicators or plumbers or electricians or or builders or nurses, God, whatever the day-to-day looks like, God, I pray that you would give each of them power to be your witnesses that you would go before them. And Lord, they might too get a quiver in their liver and instead of walk the other way, God, I pray that they would have boldness to step out and they would see the fruit of that. And I thank you that you said that we could see things far greater than you ever did on this earth. Lord, I pray that you would give us faith for that. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys. It's been a privilege to be with you guys today. Thank you so much for having me.